0: Mandalorian vs. Andor. It has been over three weeks since Andor changed Star Wars, and Mandalorian Season 3 is on the horizon bound to bring new action and adventure in the Star Wars galaxy. But that does leave us with many questions on how Andor could influence the show, or if it even will. So we brought in Justin from Eckhart's Ladder to break it down. May the Force, Force, the Force, 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 the Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Each week we dive deep into two topics from the galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin. As always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. Hello. And we're also joined by Justin from Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, man?
1: Good. Thank you for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor. This is the first podcast other than my own I've done in quite a while, so it's nice. Yeah,
0: I was looking back and I think... The last time we had you on the podcast was like two years ago. It was yeah. before Squadrons came out. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about this episode. In this episode, we're talking about Jedi Survivor. We're talking about Andor and how it compares and its place in the Star Wars galaxy and how it might influence things going forward. So let's jump right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. I'm glad we delayed the recording of the episode because mm-hmm. it was perfect timing and mm. we got... The first trailer for Jedi Survivor.
1: It was a good trailer. I, I kind of don't know how I feel. The game looks great. The game is going mm-hmm. to be great. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's about though. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, same. We were just trying to hypo- hypothesize like who this character in the tube thing is and <laughs> the character in the tube. Yeah, and what is he going to do? Like, what's mm-hmm. he? What's his place in all of this? Yeah, so. mm-hmm. he definitely yeah, he... seems
0: like he has some kind of connections at least towards like the later half of the trailer.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he looks... I mean, people have pointed out that he definitely looks like he's wearing High Republic robes because he's got Mm -hmm. the the gold on him, which is is definitely possible. He talks about being... I think he says something, but I've only watched it once or twice now. So he talks about being betrayed. So I kind of wonder whether maybe he he went rogue um, Mm -hmm. in his time and he got kind of... I mean, the Jedi aren't going to kill people, so maybe they,
0: they threw him in that. <laughs> Chop in that. his arm off, put him in a tube.
1: Yeah, yeah they threw him in the tube, and that's kind of their, you know, put him in the, the solitary zone for a bit, and the Jedi are gone, so he gets forgotten about. So that, that'd be my guess right now, but I mean, who knows? It looks like Kyle might have his lightsaber at the end because he's got a big old claymore.
0: Uh, yeah. thing so I both like and hate how little story they gave us one on the <laughs> one hand is like just a enjoyer of video games and someone who's excited about it I love that it was not super spoiler heavy you can see that they're just improving the gameplay because everything mm-hmm. that about the game looks so solid and so smooth mm-hmm. but on the other hand like they're just giving us enough little nods to where it's okay interesting well we know that the guy in the tube is going to be a big part of the story of it mm-hmm. it seems like they're the vibe I'm getting with at least is like they're going to implement more of like the bounty hunter side of things because mm-hmm. it definitely seems as soon as those guys showed up i'm like oh hey look it's like the bounty hunter mission and fallen order
1: yeah that's what what it reminded me of too where he gets captured and mm-hmm. it's on that ship and you get the bounty hunters chasing you throughout the game that's a good that's a good call yeah i i, I kind of wish they would shown more kind of like i wanted to see what gameplay changes they'd made
0: yeah um because it looks very similar right now to Fallen does, yeah. order
1: yeah it does and i'm I, I don't think it will be there's definitely going to be more enemy variety which is good we see mm-hmm. the battle droids and those, yes those not they're not dark troopers but the early ds security droids i think they're called that are mm-hmm. that's in rebels it looks good i just i wish there was more i wish they had either went really cinematic with it um mm-hmm. kind of like the first trailer did but given us a yeah. bit more story mm-hmm. or given us kind of like an uncut gameplay sequence um mm-hmm. to show off some new things but it's still that's me being picky it looks good
0: I find it interesting too, just the time frame that is going to come out in, because this is coming out March seventeenth, and mm-hmm. it's coming out before stuff like EA Play would even be. Because usually we'd see like yeah. a reveal for the story side of things, either like Star Wars Celebration or the Game Awards, mm-hmm. and then we'd see like the gameplay fifteen minute segment on something like EA Play. And we're just going to get this game in what January, February, March? Three yeah, three months, months yeah. from now? Not even? Yeah. So, I mean, we we thought it was originally going to come out this year. So I can understand that they they pushed it back further and they may not have as much time as they originally planned on to get all the marketing stuff out. But it was, it was very surprising when I heard rumors that it was coming out so soon. I, it definitely looks like they're leaning, at least from this small bit of stuff that we've seen, they're leaning in towards of like the same but better so the parkour Mm -hmm. and everything like that the puzzles they seem to be larger in scope Mm -hmm. that everything seems much more pretty than that game hopefully i remember when i first played fallen order like my game crashed like seven times in the first hour that i played (laughs) i i there was many times where i would just fall through i hit one of the console computer consoles and then all of a sudden like i just Mm -hmm. kept on falling infinitely oh no (laughs) Um, but I think that's just unreligion for mm. really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The only, the other thing I'm curi- curious about is that, that random character we get to look at. Um, He's got a blaster. I, Cal, I think says his last name. I didn't catch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, I don't know if you guys think it's going to be co-op or what the deal with that is, but that mm. was definitely interesting.
2: Right.
1: He's a definitely a high fidelity character model. Mm-hmm.
0: I, mm-hmm. Like he's very clear. <laughs> like every time that you see him, like it must be some like recognizable actor. Cause his, mm-hmm. Like very well modeled for sure. Right. um, I would like the idea that it is um like you could do couch co-op, but I think that's just such a drastic change for so many yeah. different things, mm. yeah, but I definitely see him as maybe we can change in between these two characters mm. or maybe it's the the gameplay is okay, you can do like specific combos in specific story segments where he is with you, maybe right mm. Bode is his name b-o-d-e according according okay. to youtube closed captions again that could be <laughs> Who knows? yeah
1: yeah so like one of the pre-order bonuses that was leaked was a blaster and everyone assumed it's cal's blaster because you can't mm-hmm. see in the last trailer he does have one on his hip mm-hmm. yeah but it's possible it seems that it could belong to the other guy what did you think about the little tiny side guards uh yeah it was it was cool i mean so they talked, to in the Steam page that was actually set live a bit early. And I think mm-hmm. he's now officially live about how there's going to be different styles of lightsaber combat. So the way he's swinging it, that looks like it's definitely going to be sort of a heavier... Yeah. Um, I, I always felt like one of the weaker parts of the last game was the fact that... Uh, like, I really enjoy... It's essentially like a Souls game. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed it. I played on the hardest difficulty and had a great time. You legend. <laughs> it's actually... It's kind of funny. And this is sort of the point. It, it, it actually gets a little easier when you play it on the harder difficulty because you kind of realize to beat the game, you really got to play it the way it wants you to play. Mm. So like when you but, fight um, the, what's her name? Second sister? Is it second sister?
0: I think it's the the second sister is the, the big one. And then, Right. So yeah. w-
1: when you fight her at the end, for example, there's really only one way to do it. You have to learn her pattern when she does, you know, the certain attack you got to dodge. When you do something, you got to block. Um, and that gets to be a bit kind of lame, in my opinion. If you play a game like yeah. Elden Ring, which is very mm-hmm. much in the same fashion, very difficult, you're meant to die a lot. Uh, you get a save right before the boss. You get, you know, you know yeah. the health things. The difference is, yes, the bosses are difficult and there are moves that you've got to treat a certain way, but you could ultimately fight them in different ways. So like you can, you can use a really fast weapon or a magic or a really powerful weapon. That was missing from Fallen Order 1. So my hope is that in the second game, when they're showing us they've got these different types of lightsabers that there'll be a bit more freedom for how you can, you know, beat the bosses and stuff.
0: Yeah, because that's definitely a, a, one of the big drawbacks of Fallen Order was just the variety of boss combat. Like, mm-hmm. everything... I mean, they each had their own different feeling, but once you... Th- there wasn't a huge lot of, like, development with the combat styles. Like, the combat mm-hmm. was great. It was solid for what it was, but it didn't when you play it consistently or you do play it... um, on like a more casual difficulty you can kind of see the separation between like what they want you to do and how easily you can just hack and slash your way through it like they they mm. almost want to be dark souls but they know that they can't necessarily be dark yeah. souls mm. yeah but going back to survivor what what do you think about kind of the time frame that they're playing around with because we see mentions of the that we see the battle droids we also see yeah. um, a variety of different locations all in this time period after order 66
1: i am not sure when this is taking place like I, I think it's is it four or five years after the first game yeah so i think that kind of puts it close to Andor, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit before uh, because cal is just a kid when order 66 happens yeah mm-hmm. um so I, I i can't remember exactly so you know there's an 18 year period between that and the original trilogy so five years plus however long you're around like Kenobi slash uh, Andor time. So yeah. that's interesting. I I don't think they're going to do a lot of tie-ins. Um, it seems to me like the battle droids are probably going to be kind of similar to what you see in like Rebels where they go to yeah, it or yeah. even the Bad that's Batch where they go to an old facility or whatever. And there's something in there he needs.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think too, one, it's showing that, hey, parts of the galaxy, they still use the battle droids. Like the Empire isn't fully omnipotent yet Mm -hmm. uh there are still like these pockets where they're still using the droid technology um i think that that's part of it like the visual setting storytelling of just hey we're in this location they aren't using the droids or they aren't using stormtroopers fully yet i I looked it up uh 14 bby is when fallen order takes place and this will be five years after that nine BBY.
1: yeah that's the same as kenobi so andor is four years after that and then obviously five years after that is Or maybe Andor is five. I can't remember what year Andor is. Anyways, yeah, it's five BBY Andor is. Yeah. So it's the same time as Kenobi a few years before Andor. So interesting time for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think we're
0: seeing bits and pieces of that time period. I mean, so many, so many of us want more of that time period just because it's so fascinating. It's like, man, the, uh, the Republic lost, and mm-hmm. what does it mean for the galaxy? We see a very like personal side of things with Andor and I think that's really good but i I, I think it's gonna be nice to see what a Jedi looks like, especially mm-hmm. during this time period where like they're hunting down the Jedi. Mm-hmm. everyone's on the run I mean Cal looks like he's seen some stuff
1: <laughs> he's seen some stuff for sure <laughs>
0: Uh yeah I, was, I I saw this one thing It's like me at the beginning of 2022 me <laughs> at the end of
2: 2022
1: <laughs> oh, no <laughs>
0: yeah he's got the beard too it's a, good look. Mm-hmm. it's a good look it also looks like we might be seeing some Coruscant, too mm-hmm. uh but that's just my hope Ooh. anytime i see some kind of city planet with neon in the background i think Ooh. Coruscant.
1: i would definitely like to like that's another kind of complaint i had about the last game is it felt like it was kind of just different nature environments each time yeah it's like oh the rocky planet the jungle planet it's like i want to even when you go to i forget the name of it you go to that one planet where there was people they're all gone now so Mm. um (laughs) it would be nice to kind of have a bit of variation there it's crazy march is going to be insane (laughs) it's going to be very busy for us for all of us um yeah because we've got we'll have the tail end of the bad batch i guess um Mm -hmm. we'll have mando We'll have the book, uh, the Jedi Survivor book, and yes. the game itself, and I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but it's gonna be, yeah, totally insane. Uh,
0: what is it? I think some new High Republic stuff comes out around the same time. I question whether or not the idea to have all of the things drop on Wednesday is a good decision. <laughs> uh, I I felt that most, like, clearly when Tells of the Jedi came out, and I'm just gonna start feeling that even more now that, like, we're getting so much.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah I, I've, got, I've complained about the, the date for me is you know wednesday it's, it's all right i just wish mm. they'd release it at a better time yeah uh because like the way it works now it's not convenient for anyone like i'm not because you know it comes out the shows come out at what um 12 eastern time so i'm i'm far or 12 pacific time rather yeah uh i'm far on the east coast of canada so it's four o'clock for me mm-hmm. um but it's not just inconvenient for me like if you're in europe it's Early, early in the morning, even in the Pacific is 12. Like they need to push Mm. it earlier. Like if they push it four hours earlier, I think it'd be nearly perfect.
0: It would be super fun because then you'd have like for most of us in the uh, in America and uh, Canada, like it would be an enjoyable like nighttime watch instead of like crap. I have to because we we were prepping for a podcast and we needed to do the podcast the next day. I just went to sleep, woke up at 1 a.m., to watch it, and then Sydney just stayed up, and then the next day we were like dying. Yeah, obviously like it's our decision to do that, <laughs> but it's still like like you said, it doesn't work for Europe very well because like if unless you're like going to school late or mm-hmm. you don't have a job, because uh, who's gonna like right before their job watch the new episode of the Star Wars thing? I know people that do that. You'd have to,
2: <laughs> yeah. If you're, if that's what you want to do, yeah. but. Uh. I, I
1: also think it'd be cool. I don't know if this is possible. I wish the first time an episode played, it would just like play live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so people could like, that's like a YouTube I, premiere. Yeah, exactly. Like Exactly like that. Um, Like I was really into, I mean, I wasn't really into it, but I mean, I remember back when The Walking Dead was popular. Mm-hmm. Um, It was like a big thing. Like everybody, that, that show was huge. Same with when Breaking Bad was in its later yeah. seasons. Uh, you know, everyone would, it was like a big thing, you know, it was, I think it was Sunday night for the walking Dead. everyone would, I'd be like texting all my friends. It'd be a big on social media and Twitter. And it's like the Mandalorian just stealth drops in the middle of the night. Like there's no, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's no real hype about it <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. until the next morning. And there's mm-hmm. no like sense of community, which I think would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like imagine yeah. how exciting Mandalorian season two finale would have been if everyone was watching along at the same time and live
0: tweeting about it. Yeah. Like exactly, the, yeah. the community about that would be, or like just getting in a Discord and hopping on and hanging out and watching it with your buddies. I think I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like I, I have a, a podcast uh, that I love listening to and they'll premiere their episodes mm-hmm. on YouTube with mm-hmm. the video. And it's so fun to hop into the chats and just be oh, like, okay. okay, let's have a conversation. And usually the hosts will be in there. Mm-hmm. And they'll be responding too, but that's not always the case. But like that opens up a whole like they could have like a almost like red carpet premiere type thing where they have the first like you said first episode premiere at a set time, and it make a big event about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree.
0: But I mean, we're mentioning Andor, we're mentioning Mandalorian. I do wanna wanna kind of transition the conversation here, almost like an Andor review. What what did you what did you think about like the whole twelve episode run? of Andor.
1: I, I thought it was great. Um, everyone, you know, kind of has the conversation whether it's their favorite show. For me, it's definitely near the top. I really loved Mando mm-hmm. season one. They're, yeah. they're very, very different. But yeah, phenomenal show. Pretty much like technically perfect. There wasn't, a, I don't think there was a single bad acting performance in it. Like, in even Mando yeah. one, yeah. you know, you can point out small characters where there's, you know, it's just, it's, it's not the same quality as everyone uh, okay. with, with, Andor, it's like the, everyone on Ferrux, you know, even if you don't know their name, like if you don't know Brasso's name by the time yeah. episode 12 comes around, you're still like, okay, that's the guy who had his little act of rebellion in episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who's been helping out. He's always around to help Marva. You kind of get the feeling of community and that only works because everyone is so, uh, perfect at what they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely the best acted star Wars show, um, Probably the best like produced and mm. like written Star Wars show. Uh, the speech at Marvus speech at the end was incredible. Top, oh Yeah, definitely a top five Star Wars. I, so I got the um I, I get the I, I put the application and I get the re- review episodes. And uh, so I got that one a week early. And like mm. I've never before, you know, I didn't realize there was a uh, like a, a, a limit to how many times you could watch it. That never, I've never hit that. And I, I actually hit it. They were like, you can't, sorry, you can't watch this anymore. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: You've reviewed it too much.
1: I reviewed it too much. Yeah, then there were a few really good moments like that. Episode three, I think, was a real standout um, with the, the the kind of ending there where Marvra sort of mm-hmm. has another speech leading into the uh, the great acting uh, by Cyril there yeah. uh, as he's kind of dealing with with Andor's BS. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's just just a really great show. Not, my only minus is, is I do get a little less excited over new Andor episodes than I would over something like The Mandalorian because mm. The Mandalorian just kind of hits that quintessential, like, makes me feel like a kid sort of. Um, yeah. mm. Like, you know, you just get excited. Like like I was re-watching Mando season one the other day and i I'm still getting it, like seeing all these planets and all these weird creatures and stuff. That was something. And just kind of the sense of like Western adventure that that show has yeah. is something that really resonates with me. Uh, But I'm happy. I think they both complement each other really well. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want only Andor, um, but I also don't think I'd want only uh, Mandalorian either.
0: So we've had the conversation a lot. I I will go ahead and say that Andor is the best Star Wars that has been produced. Mm -hmm. Now... That does not mean it is everyone's favorite Star Wars and that it can't be someone's least favorite Star Wars. But I think mm-hmm. objectively you can look at all the different pieces, directing, writing, cinematography, incorporating different aspects of Star Wars into it. I think it did a very good job with all of these different pieces. I mean, as someone who runs a, a marketing agency specifically on like the video side of things, like I was drooling so much over all of the cinematography. I mean, just the opening scene to the movie. It's just like... Yeah, this this show knows what it's gonna do, but I think, like you said, there shouldn't just be Andor type of shows because I think that takes away from the broad experience. Because if you're just doing Andor, you don't get Bad Batch, you don't get Clone Wars, you don't get Rebels, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't totally. get Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, I, I think that's that's something that I definitely want to get into is where where Mando, where Andor, and all of these different flavors of Star Wars actually take place in the galaxy and where that's kind of going forward
1: yeah like for me i don't think as much as i love Andor, and for me it's pretty much perfect it's it's a 9.5 out of 10 uh you know I, i don't think i'd give a 10 out of 10 for me it will never quite hit the highs of like i think it's a better show overall than something like star wars rebels but for me because it it doesn't have that core element of like myth Mm-hmm. Uh, it will never reach that moment of like rebels where Kanan sacrifices himself and he gets his vision back for a moment. Like to me, that is like uh, gets a, a bit more to the core of what I personally like about the show a bit more. Now, again, that's just, you know, kind of what I personally like, what's, mm-hmm. what's special to me or like in Mando season two, I really love the themes of family and yeah. fatherhood, especially in star Wars. You see mm-hmm. it all, you know, it's probably the, the theme of the original trilogy mm-hmm. and the sequel trilogy, arguably, so, like, the way that plays into Mando Season 2, for example, I mm-hmm. thought was really touching. Um, I guess Andor has, like, but on the other hand, I really like how Andor has, you know, commentary about, like, community. Yeah. Um, which is Which is far too nuanced of a message for you to get in something, like, even, you know, arguably the best-made movie, The Empire Strikes Back, doesn't have time to, you mm-hmm. know really sit down and say this is you know what community is this is how you fight oppression all of these things it's kind of the difference between you know the space opera versus the more grounded kind of space trauma i guess that andor is <laughs> <laughs> It's drama true, versus Drama versus trauma. It
2: is true. I was just thinking about it. Like, man, Andor just... There's no... The comedy in it is really, like, not there. This is a very serious show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's not something that we've really ever seen in Star Wars. Like, Star Wars has always put a little bit of humor in there just to keep things yeah. Yeah. light enough. But this was not it. And I appreciate that. But also, it, it does kind of lack that little... Star Wars spice you know Mm -hmm. that we usually see I totally think it's it's good and it we need that in Star Wars but I could see that it's kind of missing something
1: yeah totally like for me as a kid like I I, you know I've been pretty hardcore on Star Wars since I can remember it and like the things that I I remember most about like watching Star Wars as a kid is like what it felt like when one of the the ships flew by and all Mm -hmm. the perfectly crafted sound effects and like what it was like going on the Death Star for the first time we're in the cantina where it feels like this really fantastic special mm. world. And like just even just random things, like in uh one of my memories, in the Phantom Menace seeing the hover tank, like that's so cool. Yeah. Um and that's something that you miss in Andor a little bit yeah. because it, it is, you know. But I mean, the, because the show is so thoughtful uh and careful in how it's made, you also get the the Marva payoff, which is probably you know, a much more uh well-earned emotional payoff, even than like something like you know, Cain and Sacrifice and Rebels. And not to say that that's cheap or anything, mm-hmm. but um you know They take the, their time
0: to set it up and guide you yeah. to um a payoff that makes one, makes sense to the characters, and they take the time to make it make sense. So I don't think there's any outcome within Andor that is outside mm-hmm. of what the character should or would be making. Like there's no moment within Andor where you're like oh yeah, they're only making this decision because they need that payoff at the end. It's like, no, this makes sense for the character. It makes sense for Marva not to go with Andor because of her beliefs and wanting to fight the Empire. And then ultimately doing it in such a way that pays off so well. And like, I just I love that moment. As soon as B2 gets knocked over and Brasso just goes to town. Brixham, yeah. <laughs> so satisfying but yeah, yeah that was a great moment I, I think there's two two outcomes here one we never see anything like Andor again after Andor season two or there's the second option I don't I don't necessarily think we'll see more ver- variations of that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. within Star Wars but I think it will influence things but w- what are your thoughts on that do you think we're going to see more of that kind of thing or it's going to be more of like oh people really like this part of it
1: that's a tough question because there's like a few variables. There are a few kind of sub questions that you need to ask um, and make a guess on. So like the mm-hmm. first one is like, what do the people making the shows ultimately care about more? Do they care about artistic vision or do they care about just pure success and driving subscribers or is it somewhere mm-hmm. in between? Yeah. Um, the second question is whichever way you go on that, if, if it's the former and they care, you know, about a show, that's different and you know brings a new artistic vision then yeah i think we will see more mm-hmm. if if it comes down to success i think it's a bit more complicated and it's yeah. not as easy i think like people talk about viewing numbers and i think they're a little too flippant with it because for one we don't know what the viewing numbers are for mm-hmm. me anecdotally as like a content creator and i'm sure you've noticed this too there's definitely not the same interest as there is when yeah. the mandalorian came out not even close really mm-hmm. uh, same with kenobi um, but a show can be successful in other ways for one. Um maybe they're targeting a different segment of the audience. Yeah. Um, maybe and or will get some play around awards time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's something that they want to have in their catalog as like a prestige piece. Like this is an extremely yeah. high-rated show that makes our catalog look a bit more serious. So I can't really answer whether they'll have more because I think that question is unknowable unless you're like mm-hmm. in the meeting, really in the meetings. Yeah, Um, because even like the Nielsen numbers, those are essentially based on surveys. They're 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 essentially nonsense. Um, The best indicators you can have are looking at like like interest trends on Google and things like that, Uh, and that indicates that yeah, it's it's less you know. And that's only the digital side of things. Because when
0: when Mandalorian was coming out, I never we have a really strong like um, tech community around here. Never Mm. did I have a discussion about Mando in Mm. person. Mm. Andor comes out, and literally every time we have like a tech meetup, which is like every week, mm-hmm. every single person is talking about the last episode of Andor, and it's just <laughs> so fascinating to me. Like we, I ran into someone at the at Natural Grocers, and they were talking about Andor because they saw my this shirt, the Hawaiian shirt. And they're like, "What do you think about Andor?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I love it." Like that's the level of like mm. personal discourse but you can't judge that on like like you said it depends on what they want cuz Obi-Wan was the highest interest show mm. but i think it's not going to have the legs that Mandalorian's going to have
1: totally like Mandalorian's a cultural phenomenon basically mm-hmm. like you see baby Yoda everywhere like that's yeah. what kind of got my son into Star Wars <laughs> um <laughs> and, and and andor's not going to do that because it just it can't so mm-hmm but that doesn't mean like another thing too is you got to consider like yeah mando made a lot of people might watch mando but like how many people are buying disney plus who didn't already have it like mando probably appeals largely to people who are who are already really big star wars fans and are probably Mm -hmm. going to be watching one of the six star wars shows coming out a year like if you're watching mando or if you're watching ahsoka for example there's a almost certainty there's an almost certain chance you're going to watch mando yeah um, so <laughs> yeah. S- some people you know some people will let their subscription lapse at times mm-hmm. um others won't but so it's it's a very complex kind of situation so I don't, I don't really know how it's going to work out i hope we see more uh i've always been a fan of like diversity and storytelling yeah that's why i really like star wars visions mm-hmm. um, yes mm-hmm. <laughs> and even like you know, there's this is like I, I'm not even though my job, for those who don't know me, I, I do talk about, you know, continuity and and, you know, lore and stuff like that. I, I'm a big fan of like non canon stories mm-hmm. or like stories that are just stories first and you can worry about the canon later. Yes. Um So more diversity in storytelling generally, it would be good. So I, I hope we do see more.
0: I hope that we get more of like the really that's what I love about Andor is Andor takes the root of what George Lucas was saying with A New Hope. And the setup of the Empire and the the setup of like what was happening politically around that time with Vietnam. You have the colonialism of the Empire, you have all Mm -hmm. of these huge political side of things. And I love that Andor gets gets into that. And then like Mm -hmm. you said with Mandalorian, like it gets into the it shows a good father figure in Star Wars, which is like um just a massive feat in and of itself um period just because mm-hmm. i mean hey luke i'm your father i also killed millions of people
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a it's a great point like i i love the the father son stuff um especially someone with a new kid that was one of you know i was kind of mixed on um on the sequel trilogy in mm-hmm. episode eight but i really like for example the yoda scene where yes like, like that's probably my fa- one of my favorite scenes in star wars where it's like we are they grow beyond like stuff like that is is perfect and you know all these themes are kind of there, waiting to be kind of grabbed at basically Mm -hmm. speaking on that side of
0: things um and mentioning mandalorian what do you think for mandalorian season three man
1: i'm really excited um i find it a little frustrating that people soured a bit on the show Mm -hmm. uh, it's so weird it
0: just seems like it it was like a random thing that just happened like all of a sudden everyone loved it and then there was like a switch that
1: happened where everyone's like oh
2: no what
1: yeah I mean this is a very Star Wars Twitter thing where it's like these people aren't really real Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah one of my
1: yeah (laughs) it's just like people don't talk (laughs) like this in real life yeah um one of my little gripes kind of about Andor and the Mandalorian is people saying that the Mandalorian especially season one has bad writing which it's like it doesn't have bad writing. It has different writing. Like the Mandalorian set out to be an episodic serial um, Western and it Mm -hmm. executed that almost perfectly. Is the writing like less about politics and is it less about interpersonal relationships? Yes. But that doesn't mean it's like objectively worse writing. Mm -hmm. Now it is probably, maybe it executes what it wants to do worse than Andor. That's fine. But like, just because it's a bit more uh, pulpy than, that's the whole, like,
0: that's for me that's what i love most about it because i love westerns like my favorite genre yeah and i think westerns paired with samurai films i mean there's there's specific scenes and moments within uh, mando season two which are taken from yojimbo which is a kira kurosawa movie it's like totally like that's fantastic and that's the whole point of it
1: yeah and like, I, I don't know if people forget, like, Star Wars has become such a cultural, like, institution mm. that people forget how cheesy it all is. Yeah. Like, it's... Seriously. It's a farm boy. He's literally saving a princess from a space station called a Death Star. There are Star Destroyers. Like, it's incredibly stupid. And, like, it's, yeah. it's literally off the page of, like, like I'm really into, uh like, pulp sci-fi and mm. pulp fantasy. And it, it's it fits in with every other... Flash Gordon, like anything yeah. of that era. The, the thing that's so magic about it is how well executed it is and how fun the world is. Like that's like mm-hmm. the first star Wars movie, like the forest is, you know, it's mentioned, but it's not like some deep mythological thing. Like yeah. maybe some of the next movie, it's just like, you know, Luke can talk to ghosts and mm-hmm. fly, shoot his torpedo. Uh, like it's, it's just a thing that happens kind of, um, and you know, everything else kind of came later, but what people fell in love with and what I personally fell in love with was the world building, the universe, how fun it was, um, you know, how it's, you know, there's elements of our own, of our... It's just... It executes kind of like, you know, the fantastic better than anything else. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what Mando did too with, you know, the volume, which I think also gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Um, I'm also a big Book of Boba Fett fans, but I know a lot of people aren't. But um, we recently... Um, Mm -hmm. Alex and Molly
0: have uh, they did the impossible which was uh, help us find something to really enjoy Mm -hmm. and appreciate about (laughs) Book of Boba Fett like within the first 15 minutes they dropped the bomb on like what they really love in the heart of Book of Boba Fett and I never really considered Mm -hmm. it but it's like someone who's trained as an assassin doesn't want to do that anymore and that like pure almost like yeah I don't want to do this anymore but it's my default position And it's going to be hard for me. Like I, I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, for me, what I, I never really thought about it that way. I, I I will admit, I, I'm not a huge fan of the whole series. I guess, I, I. Well, I think that's maybe a bit harsh. I really like the whole series, but what I really love is like the first three or four episodes, Mm. um, where it, it is, you know, it's very similar to the Mandalorian, and it's very, very well executed, um it's again it's 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 basically like a western um yeah. mm-hmm. one thing the the complaint that i just do not get is that people say the book of boba fett has bad special effects i think the book of boba fett has personally i would say it's got overall more impressive visual effects than even Andor um because of the scope of what they did like with moss Espa, is absolutely incredible mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you look at those there's these big scenes where you'll get to see moss Espa off in the distance and if you pause it and you look it's like every little street has something going on, yeah. And then you go down to the street, and it matches the the scene from the sky, and it's just like little things like that. Mm-hmm. Like people are confusing the fact that there was a poorly executed chase scene, which there absolutely was, mm-hmm. with like <laughs> the overall kind of special effects of the show, yeah. which yeah. And like we see a lot of like I think that show relied on some really cool props. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's things like Max Rebo, um, but just generally like the train car in episode two or three was amazing. Like yeah. lots of little things like that the show early on i think pulled off a lot of things well mm-hmm. kind of went off track track a little bit um
0: pacing and purpose i think are the two things that it really struggles with yeah uh, i think it wanted to do like five different things and they're like well let's try to do five different things mm-hmm. in this one series but i i totally agree because they're i mean i i hate the obi-wan kenobi show <laughs> like i despised every mm-hmm. single second of watching it mm-hmm. But there was, I really enjoyed the experience of watching Obi of uh, Book of Boba Fett. I loved that whole, and it never felt like you said with the special effects. Like I felt every single moment in Obi Wan where they were on the volume, which was the entire thing. Just felt like a very fancy stage play. You don't feel that. I mean, there are some moments, but you don't necessarily feel it overall. That it's like, oh, we're in the a stage. Like, no, this if like you said, like the wide scope of it. I think they did a good job, and I think. They piece together using the volume, using practical effects, using special effects, using CGI in a,
1: a really nice way. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, and this is honestly the same with with Obi Wan. I think the bigger issue was is with like execution and direction mm-hmm. rather than the actual technology itself. Yeah. Uh, like that was especially the case with Obi Wan, which is very poorly lit, um, very mm-hmm. muddled action scenes not a lot of energy kind of in the whole thing. Yeah. And like that's not a volume issue cuz like a lot of these issues a lot of like the poor execution happens in really small spaces where like mm-hmm. the volume is not a limitation. Like the first kind of confrontation between uh Vader and Kenobi, it's lacking a little like energy and emotion, mm-hmm. but that's not because of the technology. Yeah. Like it's because <laughs> of decisions made to have it completely in the dark to have mm-hmm. Vader kind of just slowly walking around. Like, you didn't need to do that. You just right. did it.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay. they no, None of the shots in uh, Kenobi really felt well-planned or thought out because mm-hmm. they didn't have the time to properly do it. There's mm-hmm. so much of that show that should have been edited out, but they get like, well, if we edit out this, it's going to only be like four episodes instead of the six that we want. when it was originally yeah. supposed to be 23 and it was supposed to be a movie and all that, like all of the problems of Obi-Wan was uh, in the boardroom and not in the actual, like, volume. Yeah. yeah. It's I like agree. the prequels. The prequels use the blue screen. Like, the first one has more p- practical effects than all of the other movies, but they didn't know how to utilize the blue screen very well. Same with, um, I mean, Attack of the Clones was the one where they tried to really push the boundaries, mm-hmm. and they learned a lot. Yeah, totally. Where, ultimately, Revenge of the Sith, like, that was like the perfect mesh of the, the blue screen CGI and practical. And I think we're getting into that point where they introduced it in Mando. They used it very sparingly, but they used it quite well. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing, okay, well we can't use it for an entire show now, but we can use it in this, this aspect it works really well.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with pretty much all of that. Like Mando, Mando season two had lots of really cool environments because you know, like they were playing like the water planet with the mm-hmm. uh the monk calamari with the sweater like there were lots of little bits of that planet that felt like they were filmed somewhere real and i'm almost certain they were not um mm-hmm. mm. same with like pretty much all of season one like even the interior shots are mostly filmed in the volume yeah uh and you, you like if my dad were to watch the show or if most people who didn't know the volume existed were to watch the show i don't think they yeah. know that yeah I'm that's why
0: anytime like there's that one video that randomly gets back into virality again, where it's like showing behind the scenes of Mando and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: kind of closing off this episode, but where do, where do you see Mando season three going? Uh, Cause it seems to be, they want to do like a lot bigger scope of things, right?
1: Yeah. I'm of kind of two minds about that. They're definitely going to go bigger scope. It seems like they're going to go kind of Mandalorian fight for the throne Mm -hmm. and to me the man like i wasn't very interested in the mandalorian when it was announced because i don't find mandalorians that interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, like as a a race like i didn't really the clone wars episodes were kind of a snooze for me uh same with same with rebels honestly i thought they were maybe a little bit better um i just they did they, they 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 weren't interested to me so i'm a little apprehensive about season three uh, and I'm bummed that they're going to move away from some of the small scale stuff of season yeah. one. But, like, I also wasn't convinced when the show started. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how it ties into kind of the other shows going on. Mm-hmm. And I love the characters. So, yeah, I'm 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 very excited. And the trailers so far have been great.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I didn't think. I, I'm curious. I'm just really curious to know. I try not to put any. <sighs> I've been a little let down in some of these shows. So I'm not putting any hype on any of this i'm just like i'm just gonna go in i'm gonna enjoy myself that's that's my goal (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i definitely think they're gonna go the mandalorian Mm. throne takeover thing um route and we'll see Mm. i'm i mean i'm here for it
0: in and of itself the struggle of going for the capture the throne game of star wars thrones (laughs) is is struggled if you look at it from the perspective of mandalorian wants to have the throne but he doesn't and mm. i think that's where the most exciting thing is going to mm. be is because he's going to be like no Good here point. take it i don't care right mm, yeah and they're like no we must earn it in battle he's like mm. okay what what does that mean do i can i like fall over and just <laughs> hand it back to you or like how's this going to work because i'm not gonna die and leave my boy over here <laughs> right
1: yeah, my child yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's true that'll be a fun dynamic to mm-hmm. just see what this whole race based around fighting and battling and earning and, and whatnot. he's the weirdo and he's, like, and he's
0: considered the weird guy yeah. <laughs> it's like you good. guys are fighting over a, a sword like I just didn't want to take my mask off what are you guys doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with that thank you all so much for listening to this episode Justin thanks for hopping on the podcast greatly enjoyed oh, I'm having you glad to
1: it was great great chat
0: as always thanks for listening and may the force be with you